welcome to episode number 105 of Quality Christian Living. I am your host, David Friend. We are currently in a series dealing with God's generosity, and I've been blessed by it. I hope that you have been. If you're new to this podcast, we go through various topics in the Word of God dealing with living a quality Christian life. That is the title of our podcast, and in past podcasts, we have dealt with issues like faith and prayer and miracles and finances and prosperity. All of these teachings are designed to help us live a quality Christian life. You know, God wants us to live a life filled with joy. He wants us to have abundant living. He wants us to prosper in all things and be in good health, even as our soul prospers. So let's move forward today into this particular podcast, which is entitled, Seven Reasons Why God Gives Prosperity to His People. Let's pray. Father, thank you once again for another opportunity to get into your word and see how it will help us and instruct us on how to live a quality Christian life. I pray that you would anoint now this lesson, that you would help me to read your word and to receive something special from the Holy Spirit. I yield now to the presence of the Holy Spirit in this time, and I pray that you would anoint it, that you would anoint the ears, Father, of those who are listening in to hear and to learn something special for their life. I believe, God, that you've brought us all together for such a time as this, that we can grow closer to you, receive your fullest blessings, and I'll thank you for it now in advance. In Jesus' name, amen. In today's podcast, I'm going to try and go through a number of questions that we deal with in our walk with God to understand how to receive His generosity in our life. We've already received the greatest generosity that we can possibly receive if we're a follower of Jesus Christ, and we've accepted Him as our Lord and Savior. So with that, I want you to think about what you'd like to hear today. I'd like to imagine having greater faith to believe for greater blessings in your life. I want you to think about what it would be like to be stronger in your faith and to have a closer walk with the Lord. I want you now to pray and believe that God's going to do something special for as we go through this podcast and as we read the scriptures and receive instruction from the Holy Spirit. So let's get started. The first area that I want to get into, I guess you might want to call it step number one, has to deal with giving of our time to others. Now I'm reading out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 6, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. It says this, Remember this, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And just the first sentence in verse 7, you must each decide in your heart how much to give. Now, I'm not going to talk about right now finances, our money and giving. What I want to talk about is our time. Let me give you an example of the proper use of our time and the results that we can get from it when we give of our time to someone else. Now, I believe that giving of our time may be a bigger challenge than giving of our finances. I truly believe that. The gift of our time to someone else has been described as the greatest gift that we can ever give. So let me ask you, how much of your time do you plant with your family, with your spouse, with your friends, with your church, wherever you go or wherever your life activities take place, where do you spend your most time? Where do you plant and invest your time? As the farmer has to seed a lot to get a great crop, then I believe we need to seed giving and generosity of our time to others and then watch and see that God will then bless you generously. You know, as a pastor and a father and a grandfather and being married and having all these things grabbing for my time, taking time from me, I had to pray that the Lord would bless my time and would lengthen my time. Now, that doesn't mean that I was going to get more than 24 hours in a day because that's all we're ever going to get. But I basically, when I pray that way, I ask the Lord to help me utilize my time better so I can get the most out of my time rather than needing more hours each day. I just simply needed to evaluate how I was using the hours that I had. Now, I think we can all do that. So when we talk about 
giving of our time and expecting a blessing from God. Let's just continue on. Let me give you this example of how I believe we need to work with our time. Now, during my years in business, and I was a banker for many years and a real estate, owned a real estate development company for many years, I met so many men who worked 12 to 14 hours a day and six to seven days a week, and they desired to provide nice things for their family. Now, men would tell me, they'd say, I want to bless my wife, and I want her to have a beautiful home and drive a great car and shop at the best stores. And then they'd explain to me how much it would cost to send their children to a university because they want their kids to have a great education. You know, and all those things are good. They're, They're just fine. But what I noticed in these individuals was a lack of comments about how much time they would spend with their wife or their child or they're just their family in general. Many of these business individuals never had family time scheduled into their daily activities. Now, I can remember when my daughter Tricia and her husband Jack became aware that all of a sudden they had become empty nesters. They were going through an adjustment seeing their son go off to college and our daughter told me one day, she said that her married life has been filled with so many fun times with her husband and spending as much time as possible with their children. You know, they had been giving to their three children. They were sowing seed into their three children through church, vacations, coffees, dinners, family outings, and church activities. Their primary focus was to be generous with the time they gave to their children. Now, giving into their family has produced mature growth in their kids, and their children all know Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And now that those kids are getting married, we find out that they only were dating Christian kids. They were only being around people who had their faith in Jesus Christ, and they wound up marrying several of them Christian men or ladies who loved the Lord. What they were doing was sowing their time into their kids, and they watched and they saw how God was going to pour out a blessing on them and be very generous to them. Now, our son Ed and his wife Susie have always saved time to be with their family. Ed works hard in his business, but he works harder to spend time with his wife Susie and their children. Their family has made time at church a priority. Ed loved to take his family on vacations and spend time with others. He has also been blessed due to being generous with his time. Now, we are blessed to have both of our married children living near us. In addition to that, we are able to see our grandchildren. My wife and I thank the Lord for teaching us through the Word of God the value in being generous with our time to our children, spending time with them at church, trips to amusement parks, The beach and quality time at home has been time well spent. Giving to our kids has produced a great return. That return has been a wonderful relationship with them. You know, what that proves to me is if we sow time into our kids, God gets the glory and the opportunity to pour out a blessing on us and a blessing on our health and on our church and on our activities and our finances. God's not limited in where he can bless us and his generosity comes forth when we're generous with our time to others. Now in today's society, parents and grandparents are often separated from their family. It may be due to marriage or careers or disputes or whatever it might be. If you are not able to physically to your family, I suggest that you call or text or email or do whatever you can to stay in touch with them. Now, if we believe that we have nothing to give any of our kids, we can always give them our love and our time. If we don't have any of the finances that we'd like to do to help other people, we can give them our time. 
The Bible tells us that love never fails and that if we give our love, there'll be a blessing in return. Let me just suggest that we all learn how to show love through 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8. I don't know if I'll read them all or not, but the New International Version. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now, the reason I wanted to read that was because when we give that kind of love of our time and our caring for others and our family and our spouse, then we get the attention of God. And I truly believe if you want to receive God's generosity, then learn 1 Corinthians 13 verses 4 through 8. All of us can learn from that and realize that God will be generous to us if we're generous with others in the time that he has provided for us. Okay, step number two to receiving God's generosity. Never give up on giving to others, especially your family. Now, to those of you who have a family that is broken, let me encourage you never to give up. You may be thinking now that you will never have the type of relationship with your family that that I have been blessed to have or that others have been blessed to have. But I promise you, if you trust in the Lord who created you and loves you and wants you to have a great relationship with your loved ones, then it will come to pass. You've got to believe that, claim it, and receive it in Jesus' name. Now, the first step in having the relationship that you desire is for each member to give love and forgiveness to each other. Give by telling them you love them. Give by not trying to figure out who was right and who was wrong. Give and it shall be given to you, the Bible tells us. Giving produces growth and is filled with rewards. Give generously without trying to find out what's in it for you. Now may I suggest you read again the scripture that I quoted from 1 Corinthians chapter 13 earlier in this podcast. Let's look at the third reason why God gives generously to us. It's sharing with others your good experiences in giving. Now, what do I mean by that? I'm not talking about finances. I'm not talking about giving a financial gift to someone. Let me give an example of a good experience of someone that I know because they chose to be giving in a situation that was very difficult. This gentleman was a successful businessman and he had done business with another successful businessman. During the process of their business engagements, they decided to form a little partnership. And in their partnership, they agreed that one guy did one thing and the other guy did the other thing and then they would split the profits. Well, the partnership turned bad. The rearrangement that they have didn't work out well. They didn't make any money. As a matter of fact, one of the partners decided that his interests were being violated and that this individual owed him $10,000. Well, the two partners now had a problem. They had to break up the partnership because there was a problem. There was dissension between the two of them. And one person decided to sue the other person for $10,000 for negligence. So this thing went on and on. One of the gentlemen came in to see me and he said, Pastor, I don't know what to do because, you know, some of you may not know that for about 20 years, I pastored a church in North Scottsdale. And he came to me because of my banking background, which was about 15 years of experience there. How should he handle this dispute. I said, well, explain it to me. And he explained to me the situation. I said, well, why don't you decide to be a giver in this whole thing? And he said, what do you mean a giver? This man is suing me 
because I he owes me $10,000, but he's suing me because of it. He says, it's terrible. I said, well, that's what happens when you get into attorneys and when you get into disputes among people. You start doing things in the flesh, and then it turns into be a bigger problem than it was to begin with. So I told him, so you're now having this dispute. He's got a suit against you. You got a suit against him, and it's affecting your business and other things that you're doing. And so now you just don't know how to settle it. Well, let me just tell you what I think you should do. I believe you should call the man up and say, I'm sorry, I'm wrong, and I'll give you the $10,000. He said, but he owes it to me. And I said, I don't care who owes who money. Why don't you just tell them you want to settle it by giving? And he said, wow. Now, these were very successful men. I mean, they were multimillionaires. And $10,000 was not a lot of money. But they turned it into a name-calling and difficult confrontation they had with each other. In the middle of all that, they couldn't see God's generosity. They couldn't see the benefits would come from settling this thing quickly. So I told them, the Bible tells us to settle disputes quickly. Go to him and say, look, I'm sorry. I'm going to give you the $10,000. So he looked at me and says, well, that wasn't the kind of advice I wanted. And he was very upset with me and he left the room very angry. So now a few months went by and I saw him in church. I was glad to see that he still stayed around church. And he walked up and he says, I want you to know, he says, the situation's been settled. And I said, well, that's wonderful. I'm really happy about that. I said, how'd you settle it? He said, well, I didn't like your advice, but I went ahead and took it anyways. And I thought that the way we can settle things is for me to offer a generous thing to this person. And then that way God would intervene and he'd be generous to both of us. Well, he called the guy up and he said, I want to settle this thing, so I want to give you $10,000. He said the guy started laughing on the other side of the phone. And he said, so this is great. He said, now I'm calling this guy to tell him that I will give him the $10,000. And he starts laughing at me. So he said, this is really kind of something I didn't expect to have happen. But anyways, the guy, he said, well, why are you laughing? And the the guy on the other line of the phone, end of the phone said, well, it's because... That's all I've been looking for you to do is to offer and settle and say that you're wrong. And he says, you don't owe me anything. And he says, and I don't want to sue you anymore. And let's just dispute, dispose of this thing. And he said, you're kidding. And he said, no, let's just, let's just end it right now. So the two of them made up over that situation. They didn't go back into business again, but they both learned that if one of them was generous, the other one then would be also be generous. I think, think what happened here is that they realized it's better to give than to continue to fight and to settle a dispute very quickly. So when they did, they were basically operating according to God's word, which simply says, give and you shall receive. So what happened when he agreed to give, the other guy looked at it and I think God turned something that was going very poorly into something that was good. And then God poured out his generous gift of compassion and mercy and the two of them settled and it was done and over with very, very quickly. So here's a case where basically just giving an example of where giving produced a gift in return. Now, here's reason number four why God gives generously. We need to identify the forms of giving. Matter of fact, you might want to take and list down the ways that you can give. A lot of people right at the top are going to put down money, and that's fine. It's okay to put that there. But why don't you list the ways that you can give? One, you can give from your finances. Two, you can give from your talents. Three, you can give from your past experiences where you've got knowledge about certain things. Another way that you can give would be to offer advice to someone who's asking for advice. Many times it's not good to give advice unless people are asking for it, but you can give them advice for a situation that maybe you have talent with. You can give of all the talent you have to the church. You can give love to people. You can give time to people. We can give of what we have, which is basically our all of our experiences and maybe the work that we're involved with, whatever might be, but give from what you have. See, we have to be willing to give from what we have 
in order to receive more, that we can then have more experience and more ability and more finances and more blessings so that we can continue to be a blessing. Because the way the whole cycle of giving works is God gives to us so that we can receive, but he also gives to us so that we can give. When he gives us a blessing, it's supposed to be pressed down, shaken together and running over. And when it's running over, that means that running over portion is going to be a blessing to someone else or some church or some ministry or wherever it might be. Someone else will be blessed. So with that, you will receive a gift of God's generosity when we give from what we have and with the talents or the abilities or the experience we have or the time that we have. Now, reason number five in why God gives generously back to us, and that's in giving helps with spiritual growth. You see, we should make a list of those things. We should list our desires to grow spiritually. There's a teaching that I do on prosperity, and it's entitled, it's basically entitled, Seek Spiritual Prosperity Before You Seek financial prosperity. All that's saying is that get yourself mature in the Lord. Learn the scriptures. Understand what God wants to do and how he wants to bless us and prosper us. And then as we grow spiritually, we'll be prepared to receive financial prosperity. You see, there's a lot of people that I know who get financial growth, financial blessings, and they don't know how to handle it spiritually. They may run out and buy a cabin up in the mountains and then stop going to church, period. Or they may wind up with a boat or some luxury item that draws them away from church. They join a country club and decide on the weekends they're not going to go to church. They're going to simply go out and play golf all the time. And what's happened is they had the financial blessing that basically is robbing them of a spiritual blessing. So I believe we need to have spiritual growth before we will ever receive any kind of true prosperity or what the Bible refers to as true riches. So giving helps with spiritual growth. So if we give of our time, give of our finances, and give of our abilities, and give of all the experiences that we have, then we will grow spiritually. Because giving is one of the greatest spiritual growths that we can ever have. A person who gives is a person who prospers. A person who gives is a person who gets the attention of God. A person who gives of their talents, times, and efforts, or finances, or whatever it might be, honestly will receive God's generosity in many ways, in greater ways than they've ever anticipated. Many times it's a greater blessing than they ever thought was possible. You got to look at the stories in the Bible and the word of God tells us about people who were givers. Joseph was a giver. Joseph was a man who trusted God with all of his heart and he would he prospered and then he'd have a big challenge, but he'd still trust God and he would prosper again. And then he'd trust God and then he'd have another problem and another challenge and he would then get out of that and prosper again. Joseph ran into problem after problem after problem, but he never turned away from God and never turned away from trusting God. So another way to receive God's prosperity is to trust in him. And if we trust in him with all of our heart, with all of our mind, and with all of our soul, then he will then bless us and he'll guide us and he'll direct our steps and he will bring forth his generous gifts to us. Let me give you another reason why God gives generously to us. It's when we're careful what we listen to, what we put into our heart, and what we put into our mind. We need to be careful of what we read about giving of our finances. The Bible gives us a lot of examples of improper handling of money, finances, people asking for money, people not asking for money. Matter of fact, a lot of people think that when they're asked by a church or asked by an evangelist or asked by someone on TV for money, that they should just go ahead and give and support. We need to be careful. We need to pray and ask the Holy Spirit, where should we give and where should we not give? Sometimes we're not supposed to give to something because the Holy Spirit has something else that he knows is coming to us and we won't have the finances to give to that particular need and he would prefer that we did that. I've had that in my own life. I've had at times when I felt I should 
should give to an evangelist and I would pray about it. And then all of a sudden it'd be like, well, don't give $100, just give them $20 because I'm not sure I know why, but that's all I'm supposed to give. And I did. And I even felt a little funny about it when I went home. But then I realized maybe a couple days later or a week later that there was someone else that came by that had a greater need. And now I had the funds available to give that person the remainder of that money or even even more. So there's times when we make a decision on something without really knowing in our heart and our mind and our spirit whether we should give or not. And we give just because we think we should. We need to be careful what we give and what we we read and how people talk about the giving of money. There's a lot of ways that people get hurt over finances. It's just common. I can tell you I've seen more businesses split up because of poor financial decisions made, also marriages with struggles with finances. As a matter of fact, recent studies have said that in marriage today, men and women are more willing to forgive unfaithfulness than they are financial failure. Now, to me, that's a shame. Now, when I talk about be careful what you read, it's important to understand that there's a lot of things that are written that maybe these people are just not truly aware of what the Word of God says, or some of these people are just trying to get money. I'm not talking about churches necessarily or evangelists. I'm talking about these self-help books and things that are out there. You need to be careful what you put into your heart and in your mind. So you should probably seek some help from a pastor or a good Christian friend to see if that's something that you should listen to if you're reading about advice on your finances or how to get out of debt or those types of things. So I think it's very important. Matter of fact, God wants to bless us. He wants to give us what the Bible talks about, true riches. It's talked about in the book of 1 Timothy. But I want to read to you about the dangers of people mishandling their finances. And so if you want to know how to receive God's generosity, his blessings, and it's in particular just in the area of finances, let's listen to the instructions that Timothy shows in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse number 17. Listen to this. Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God, who richly gives. See, there's the generosity of God, who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. Tell them to use their money to do good. They should be rich in good works and generous to those in need always being ready to share with others. By doing this, they will be storing up their treasure as a good foundation for the future so that they may experience true life. You see, if you want instructions and want to read about instructions on God's finances, then get out the Bible. Just pick it up. I can give you right now some advice as to an area to read. I believe that Proverbs chapter 3 is one of the greatest chapters in the Word of God dealing with financial decisions or just decisions in general that'll help us understand how to be a blessing, but also to use caution and how to line up to receive God's generosity. So with that, we don't want to get upset in our finances. We don't want to violate the rules that God has laid out for us in our finances. So if you're interested in learning more about financial decisions, then just pick up the Word of God and you'll find there examples on finances. Just look them up in a concordance or just simply ask on Google. You can Google things like Bible scriptures on financial decisions, but read from the Word of God as your primary source of getting advice. In addition to that, seek godly counsel from a friend, a pastor, or someone who will help you without them having improper motives and with a desire to just bless you so that you can line up according to the Word of God and be able to receive 
God's generosity in your finances. The last, it's not the last of all the reasons, but here's the last reason in this particular podcast as to why God gives financially. It's found in Luke chapter 12 and verse number 15, where he says, Beware, guard against every kind of greed. Life is not measured by how much you own. The warning there is to avoid greed. And I can tell you right now, as a pastor, as a banker, as a real estate developer, greed is one of the biggest challenges that people have in understanding the proper use of their finances or the blessings of the Lord. Those who are challenged with greed in their life usually don't have an understanding of where their source of financial blessing comes from. Now, I know earlier in this podcast, I mentioned that I would not probably be teaching much on finances, and I can see that I have for the last few minutes, but I really believe the Holy Spirit has led me into dealing with issues in our financial decisions and how we approach them and how it will impact the promises that God has that he will bless us and bless us financially. You see, greed is totally opposite of God. Greed is self-centeredness. Greed is it's all about me. Greed has a desire to bless only the person who is seeking a financial return. A person who operates with greed is totally ignoring the word of God. A person who operates being greedy about getting more and more for me is focused on one thought only, what's the best way that I will be blessed and I don't really care about anyone else. I mean, it's very dangerous. It's an extremely dangerous thing. And yet the world makes fun of it. There's nothing funny about it. I've seen businessmen come to me when I was a banker who were greedy. And sooner or later, they had a major financial setback and many times even financial failure. Greed basically tells a person who's been told to make a change or to sell something at a lower price and doesn't do it because he's hanging on and hanging on for a greater price. Many times greed will cause that person to lose everything that he's invested or the profit that he may have made. but it's because greed was the driving force. The Bible says avoid every form of greed. Greed is the opposite of giving. Greed is the opposite of generosity. So with that in mind, I'm kind of harping on this a little bit. And the reason I am is because I believe there's somebody out there listening who might have a challenge at times with greed or has dealt with someone who is a greedy person and they're not sure how to handle it. Well, both in both cases, we need to go to the Word of God for advice and direction on that. So with that, I'm just going to pray that God will bless you in your dealing with all these issues. I pray that this teaching today has been a blessing and I hope that you'll be able to receive something special in your finances, in your desire to receive the fullness of God and the full blessings that God has for you because we do serve a God who wants to bless us. He wants us to prosper. He wants us to be successful. He wants us to have prosperity at a level that we're not even aware of. So with that in mind, just remember that. Trust the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways acknowledge Him and He'll direct your path. So with that, let me just pray for you and ask God to bless you in the area of receiving God's generosity. Father, I thank you, Lord, once again for this opportunity I've had to teach from your word and from my past experiences, Lord, as I've dealt in the areas of banking and finance and real estate development and pastoring, Lord. I thank you for those experiences, and I pray that as we do these podcasts, Lord, that they will help people to be blessed in all that they put their hand to, and I'll be careful to give you the praise for it now and all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. I do want to close, though, this is one scripture, this one passage of scripture. It's in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 25, New Living Translation. The generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be refreshed. I believe that's just telling me that when we 
give to others than God's going to give back to us. I believe it, and I thank God for that. As I've come to the end of this podcast, I'd just like to make a few comments to you. First of all, if you would have interest in learning more about this teaching that I have on God's generosity, I would encourage you to go to my web page at davidcfriendauthor.com. When you pull my webpage up, you'll find references to other books that I've written. One is entitled Generosity, What's in it for me? As a matter of fact, that is the book that I use for my kind of general outline and topics that I want to discuss on this particular series that we're on right now. In addition to that book, you'll find another one I've written entitled Experience the Joy of Debt-Free Living. And I believe it's a guide that'll help you get debt-free and stay debt-free for the rest of your life. There's another book I've written there entitled Receive Every everything from what we call nothing. It's based upon the teachings that Paul told us when he wrote in the book of Romans and he said that we can call forth those things that are not as though that they are. And that's just faith. That's stepping out in faith to believe. And it's based on the promise that God gave Abraham that he would bring life into where they saw death and no hope and no future. So I believe those will be of interest to you and there's other books I've written. Maybe they'll be a blessing to you. In addition to that, if you would like to sign up for my podcast, you can subscribe to them on cpnshows.com or wherever you listen to your podcasts. So with that, let me just pray a blessing over you and a closing, and I hope you'll come back as we examine God's word and how we can receive God's prosperity. Now may the Lord bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. May you prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. My next episode is entitled Generosity is Generational. I'm telling you, it's an exciting podcast and a great topic that I believe you're going to be blessed. You might want to call your friends and let them know this is going to come on because I'm going to talk about the issues of generational generosity, also talk about conditional generosity and contingent generosity. And those are things that we struggle with, but sometimes I don't think we understand why and how that happens. So with that, I know that God will bless you as we, he'll bless us all as we get into his word and read what he has to say about his generosity to his people, his followers. So once again, may God richly bless you.